What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? This is actor Kevin D. Benson. And I'm actress Nikki Warren. And this is the Kevin Nick Nikki Show, Show, Show. Is this my week to sing? <laughs> it's my week to sing. I get to sing this week. This is Kevin Nikki Show on iHeartRadio. And we back, Nick. We're back. We're back. We're always back, it seems. Yeah, because that's what we do. That's what we do. Yeah, we yeah. do. We're back for another week. All right, yeah. now listen. This is your week to sing. It's so my, sing I, all you want. I can sing this week. You get because next week I'm cutting you off. Oh man, I'm gonna disconnect your services. You try to sing next week. It's not, I'm not having it. Oh okay, all right. Well, listen. If I do sing, it'll be in the natural flow or procession of things. Like I, I just don't sing just to be singing. Like well, it has to be, you know, relevant. Well, I'm just letting you know. All right, all right. Come next week. Don't try it. All right, cool, cool, cool. Well, look, it's time for the many adventures of Kevin and Nikki. Dun dun. Look, we got we got to get you a real bell. We got to get you a real bell, man. Listen now, I'm trying to work on the bell. I'm just I'm really busy. We got a lot of things going on. Yeah, we you do. know, we do. different movie sets and stuff we've been on. I, I'm That's trying true. to get to the music store. I, I can't get there. Yeah, okay. Well, look. Well, the only thing I had going on was I finished up my uh, scene in the forthcoming web series London. I was real real excited about that. I actually played a uh, dope thing who was addicted to oxycontin, and I'm kind of I'm kind of rock bottom right now. But what was significant about the the role that I really really like is I had to do a death scene, like I actually had to die. So you know we know in acting that you want to be very very believable. You know we watch it in the movies and things like that, and so it really stretched me. Um, yeah, it really really stretched me as a as an actor because I had to make it look real. You okay, know what I mean? so I had to make it look real. So you pretty much was a crackhead. I was a crackhead. Okay, so did you have, like, stuff all in your eyes and your mouth and all that kind of stuff? Like, did you look crazy? I looked crazy. I looked like I was shaking. I mean, my clothes looked ran down, beard halfway grown in. I looked very, very uncommonly, as they would say. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, that, you know, that's part of pulling off a character. You got to have the wardrobe. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I mean they sprayed, like, this kind of – Glistening on my face, yeah, and I look yeah, like I'm yeah, sweating. You know, yeah. cracking and sweat a lot. Not that I know from experience. Well, I, but. Well, I don't know. Do you? No. I, well, <laughs> you know what? I grew up around some crackheads, so yeah, you can draw from your experience. Okay. But, uh, yeah, but by personal experience, I don't. You played that part a little too well. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. But hey, look, that's what acting is: is being the best believable you, right? It is, it so, is, it is. what it I is. heard, I did a good job, man. Mm-hmm. I bet you did. Yeah, that's what they told me anyway. Yeah, so. I, bet, I bet you did, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what you trying to imply? But anyway, <laughs> yeah, and I had an audition in New York, man, for a commercial, Oxygen commercial. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just went in there, went through my progression of exercises and preparation before right, I got there right, and right, just right. went in there and did my thing, right. man. The casting director said I did a pretty decent job. Right. So okay. that's always a good thing. It don't mean you're going to get cast, but that's right. always a good thing. You know what I mean? Well, I um, I am getting ready to shoot. Uh, remember I told you last week that um, I got cast to be a, a, to play an old lady. That's right. So and I had to do, you know, my prayer. They were so happy with my little old lady prayer that they cast me for the role. So I'm getting ready to, you know, get my wardrobe and everything together to for them to age me. Right. Because they have to make me look like I'm like 55, 60 years old. I'm nowhere near that. But, you know, mm-hmm. I I did so well with the audition that they're going to, like, you know, fix me up to make me look old. So I was trying to find 
some bye-bye bifocals. Okay, some bifocals. I, I want my eyes to be so thick. I want I want those glasses that make my eyeballs look like like I can see in the heavens. Right, right. <laughs> like like Red Fox was on what's that movie? Um, Heart of Night. Yeah, yeah, no, we can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they are the grandma glasses. They definitely are the grandma those glasses. Glasses, so that when they open the door and they see my face, they're like, oh my god. <laughs> Some glass was so thick you could see the future. I want to look. I want to be like, who's she looking at? Like, Man. I want to hey. open the door like, hello. So you you, want, you really want some thick glass. I want some thick glass. But you remember that movie, um, was it Me, Myself, and Irene, when that guy was on the ground yeah. and he looked up at the airplane? Yeah. And from the, our point of view, from the TV, it's like he was looking inside the window and they showed he was always on the ground. <laughs> But his glasses were so thick. I just, want some glasses. I want some glasses so bad. Yeah. And I want to put like a string of pearls around my neck so that when they oh, open yeah, you got, the you door. Got, yeah. You, you got to have the granny pearls. You gotta, yes. And, yeah. and I'm going to get like a um a gray wig and put that on so I can have the whole the whole thing with it. Go to the door with the glasses on and the pearls around my neck. I got you. I got. You. Now you said you had to do a prayer, like you had to pray like a grandma. Yes. You you got to give our audience a taste. I will not. No, come on, come on. You got to give us our audience a taste. Uh, with that, pr- it got no. you cast. It got you cast. All right, give us one line. That's it. What? Give us just one line of your granny prayer. <laughs> Why are you gonna put me on his spot? <laughs> That's the look at this life. You know what I'm saying? I'm just so, gonna do the first three words. All right, first do the first words. three words. All I said was, "Our Father and our God." <laughs> you sound like a lost slave. But well, you got cash, though. You got cash. Jesus for this day, Father. <laughs> you, you sound like a... They loved it. They, they did. You got cash, so you did a good job. And when they realized how old I was, they was like, oh, my God, we're going to have to age you. Yeah. We don't want to cast anybody else. I said, thank you. Yeah, I but you know something? You. Here's the thing. Though. Whenever they change the character yeah, to meet you, that means yeah. you did a real, real good job. Yeah, they, they are. Time. This, yeah, this is like our third time. This is our third time. That happened yeah. to us. Yep. Like, uh, the character. When we auditioned for, what was it, the feature film Pride. Yeah. And they changed, changed the age range because our audition was really, really good. So that's always a good sign. Yeah. So anything else going on in your adventures? Man, I was on one set mm-hmm. filming, and I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just sat my purse down for a minute, mm-hmm. and it got stolen. Oh, man. And, you know, I had to – it was just a hassle trying to go and replace all that stuff, driver's license, registration, insurance card, go to the bank, get all that stuff replaced. It was yeah. just a hassle. Yeah. But I'm still here. I I'm got still you. alive. I'm still you. kicking. You know, the, the items can be replaced. I know I did not want to replace them. And my phone, you know. Right. But – I had to do it. I'm still here. Okay. As they say, the show must go the on. The show must go on. Other than that, just waiting for, you know, um, some casting notices for some auditions and things that we've been on, but right. waiting to hear. Waiting, hear to, waiting to film some stuff. Yeah, too. waiting to film some stuff. Like yeah. we got three days coming up. got three coming days coming up, up hard film. Yeah, yeah. got to get on our line for that. Yeah. Um, the Temple student film, I have to get on my line for that. Yeah. Um, we've got a bunch of stuff coming down the pipes and a lot of stuff that, wait, that we are waiting to hear yeah. back from. So it's a lot going and, on. And we wait for some movies that we already filmed to come out. Yes. So we got the Upside, Upside K-Hart. Yes, K-Hart coming out. Yeah. We got that coming out. So um, you yeah. know, waiting for that for me. Jason's Letter with Vivica Fox and Quentin Aaron. Yeah. Uh, yeah who else? Yeah. I, I'm scared to say the name. Joe from The Sopranos. Claudia Jordan, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Brian Hooks from mm-hmm. uh, Soul Plane. 
So yeah, we're going we're going to be up in there. Yeah, I loved him in Three Strikes. Yeah, three. Yeah, it was Three Strikes. Three, three strikes. strikes. Yeah, he yes. was funny. He's he was funny, funny too. as crap. Yeah, he was funny. The whole movie was funny, but he was definitely funny. He was like, I got strikes already. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't be doing this. I got strikes already. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. funny. He's he, funny. Yeah, he is funny. He's a very, very funny, humble, down to earth guy, yeah. man. Um, when we was at the premiere, uh, he took a picture with my dad, and I was really, you know, appreciative of that. My dad was like swinging my name around, Your like, father had hey, man, I can't take him nowhere. Your man. father, man, he was like, I'm going over here with the, the lady. I'm like, come on, like, man. This, this is me. Don't go over there somewhere. Your yeah, father, he, he had a good time. He had a real he had good time. A good time. Yeah, he sure did. He had a real he good time. He was beside himself. He didn't want to leave. He sure didn't want to leave. Yeah. But I wanted to because I was hungry. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but your mama, she cooked. Yeah, she did. Oh, cook. my goodness. Yeah, at the premiere, we went over to my mom's house, man, and she cooked like it was Thanksgiving. She did. She, she had all the food, and she was so nervous because we were all there. I guess she had a bunch of actors and actresses in her house. Yeah. She wanted to make a good impression. <laughs> right, but right. she did. Look, listen, tell your mama, she didn't got to do all that for me. Just make me a huge pot of um, potato salad. I'm going to go to the corner, <laughs> eat that right out the pot. I'm all good. right. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. All right, well, look, we're going to take a break. We're going to yes. play a song, and, and then, then we, we come back. We're going to talk to our very, 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 yes. very special guest, and uh, you're going to want to hear. You're going to want to hear from us. Listen, you guys, I'm telling you, our guest that we have for you is super awesome. Yes. I don't even know how to say so many awesome. Definitely. Super awesome. Definitely. You're going to hear it firsthand on the Kevin and Nikki show on iHeartRadio. We everywhere. We everywhere. Yeah, uh-huh. You know what time it is. Yeah. Black and silver, black and silver, black and silver, black and silver. Yeah, uh-huh. You know what time it is. Black and silver, black and silver, black and silver, black and silver. I said it's about that time. You know what time it is. Do this for Santa Jones. Part of the champion. We ain't just in the game because we plan to win. Plus we go hard in the paint. This how we get it in. I do this for the town. Put it down. You can't help but love it. Black and silver, black and silver, black and silver, black and silver. Time you see me out in public, Part of the champion, we ain't just in 
the game because we plan to win. win. Look, we go hard in the pack, this how we get it in. I do this for the town, put it down, you can't help but love black it. Black and silver, black and silver, black and silver, black and silver. I got this world on the fitted anytime you see me out in public. Black and silver, black and silver, black and silver. Ain't no one catch me sitting cross-side, rapping for the home team. With a spurs fitted on my head, black jersey and crease team. Jumping all about my seat, anytime they score a bucket. Parker coming down the court with dunking in the paint, I love it. Send it on to the fullest Feeling anxious for that three-point shot Cause he about to pull it Seeing the new breeze do they think it's something so amazing And anytime we take a win The crowd's going crazy Falling out in the stands Shouting and clapping hands And screaming ghost words though And this is for the fans And downtown traffic crazy when it's playoff season Tell them it's for the black and silver If they act the reason Triumphantly celebrating with the whole family screaming My first time inside the dome I felt like I was dreaming Posted up after the game All right, we are back, we are back, we are back. The song you just heard was called Black and Silver by The Army. That's D-A, not T-H-E. The Army. The Army. Yeah, and you, and listen, it was, I'm going to let you know what they were oh rapping. God. They were rapping about the black and silver, the infamous, famous black and silver, the San Antonio Spurs. With that said, man, we got a very, 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 special guest, and um, listen, Overbrook High School superstar, mm-hmm. Drexel University superstar, yes. San Antonio superstar, and one of the most beloved t- uh, players on the team, mm-hmm. on a star-studded team. Yes. Now, you got to really carve out your niche to be on a star-studded team and be one of the most beloved players on a team. Mm-hmm. And then he was an analyst for the 76ers with the legendary Mark Zumoff. Yeah. And then he's doing big things down in Atlanta. Atlanta. Uh, president of basketball operations and much, much more. I want to introduce to Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks. Yes. yes. Yeah, Atlanta Hawks. Yes. yes. Can't leave that out. Can't leave that out. I want to introduce to our listeners Mr. Malik Rose. And, wait, we left out what? two-time champion. Oh, two-time, not one time. Not one time. Two-time champion. Dos. 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 <laughs> Listen, some people go uh, NBA career without making the playoffs. Yes. He got. He got dos. Dos. That's right. We had to do it two times. What's up, Malik? How you doing, man? Man, I owe y'all for that that wonderful that wonderful introduction, man. I'm doing great now. I can't be bad after that. <laughs> How are you? Yeah. I'm doing great, man. Thank you all for having me. First things, though, I wish, I wish, like you got it 99.9% right. I wish <laughs> I was president of basketball operations. Right now, okay. I'm director of, of basketball, director of basketball ops for the Atlanta okay. Hawks. That's like, you know, a couple notches down from the president. Okay. Not there yet, but one okay. day, but one guess day what? soon, hopefully I'll be there. 
That's right. But guess what? We just spoke that into existence. Yeah, we we was just trying to speak that into existence of what was going to be coming. Man, man, when that happens, you 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 guys will be the first interview. Whenever that happens, (laughs) you'll be the first interview. (laughs) See what else y'all can speak into existence. That's right. I know. But listen, man, we, first of all, thank you so much for giving up your time. I know you're definitely busy with family and all your responsibilities. So we want to jump right on into it. Um, now, I got a little bit of Overbrook blood in me. Like, I actually went to Overbrook in ninth grade and transferred to Mass Bomb. So I wanted to play with my brother. But, um, I mean, you played at Overbrook High School. You was a superstar. That school has a rich tradition in terms of basketball. Louis Lloyd. Who could forget Wilt the Silk Chamberlain? Just Man. tell us how that gave you your foundation for going into college. Man, it's crazy. And I didn't know you went to Overbrook first. I knew you went to Mass Bomb. Man, you should have stayed yeah. there. We probably could have <laughs> took grats now, man. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, went, no, I went to Overbrook for one day. I knew it was something about you. I heard it in your voice. I got Overbrook blood in me, man. <laughs> <laughs> But no, man, um, it was it was a great experience. It's funny. So you know, Overbrook is a magnet school, and I went to Overbrook uh, to be in the music program. I played the tuba and the trombone. Don't ask me why, but anyway, that's that's a long story. You got a lot so of talent got, going up now. We're gonna talk about that. Yeah. So I kind of I got um kind of like recruited. The music teacher came to my junior high school, and you know, was telling us about Overbrook, and me and a couple of my buddies were like, "All right, let's go." So we went. And then when I was there, um, you know, I, I loved basketball, tried out for it or whatever, and, you know, just got lucky and, you know, made the team. But coming into Overbrook, I didn't know about the rich tradition. I really didn't, man. I grew up kind of, you know, bouncing around a little bit. But when I was in junior high, I was in West Oak Lane and just decided to go to Overbrook just because the uh, the recruiter came to our junior high school and, and told us about it. So there, there, that's how it happened. But I'm really, yeah. you know, looking back, really, really glad it happened and, you know, wouldn't have written it any differently. It, it turned out to be like the foundation for, you know, a really good career, and I'm thankful for it. Yeah. Well, we were actually trying to find it. It was a rap song by a Philly rapper. They were rapping about Aaron McKee, oh, Rashi yeah. Wallace. He, he went to Brooklyn. His they, name is uh, Jack Frost. Yeah, oh, and, and okay, they, they okay. mentioned you in the, in the, they mentioned yeah. you in the rap song. Yeah. Yeah, my man, yeah, Jack, man. He, he came down to San Antonio a couple of times, and he was a, he was actually a, a pretty good rapper. He was down with the uh, the Beanie Siegel crew and all them. He almost right, got yeah, on, yeah, but yeah. we went to Overbrook around the same time, and, 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 you know, Jack always had rhymes and always, like, was the coolest dude, had all the fly glasses and the hair and bone right, chains right. and all that, and he just yeah. gave me a shout-out that year. We, um, we won the championship in 03. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. He definitely gave a shout-out. Uh, Alvin Williams, he he gave the Philly pros yeah. definitely a shout out, yeah. man. Um, we were trying to find that song, but you know, Black and Silver fit pretty good. Yeah, so. I like Black and Silver. <laughs> yeah, I think his version, his version might have had a few more curse words in it. We may need that. Well, okay, okay, okay. We can't do that. We can't do that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, man. And um, so you you know you go to Drexel University, you play mm-hmm. under the great coaching mind of Bill Harrion. What, what was that like in terms of your grooming process? Um, I'm not sure if you was even thinking about the next level, but as you were transitioning to the next level. It's funny, like you say that, like, you know, we all grew up in Philly. We remember when the Sixers won, won the, uh, the, you know, the championship in 83, and that's kind of when I fell in love with basketball, man. It's like uh-huh. they won the championship. The first day I ever cut school was for the championship parade on Broad Street. <laughs> so uh-huh. – 
Um, I think we yeah, all got scored that day. Exactly. So I, um, you know, fell in love with it. Went down there, and um, you know, going in the uh, going in the Drexel with Coach Harrion was like, like you know, I don't know, like shocking or whatever. Like I was okay. shell shocked because. You know, when we were at high school, you know, I was one of the biggest guys in the school, whatever, so kind of like had a spot on the team. And Coach Beckett mm-hmm. was, was great. You know, he was a good teacher, but he wasn't like an in-your-face type coach, you know, cuss you up okay. one side and down the other. So when I get to over, mm-hmm. I mean, when I get to Drexel, Coach Harrion, you know, he's one of these, you know, them, them Boston-type dudes. He's, you know, tough and, you know, he'll curse yeah. out his mom if he had to. Yeah. So first day of practice, you know, you, you, so-and-so, you going off. <laughs> So it was like, what did I get into? But it was like a blessing, a huge blessing in disguise because Coach Harrion is a fantastic basketball mind, and he he is a great teacher. So one of the yeah. things that helped me when I got to the pros is I knew all like like the pro terminology, the pro sets, and when we got out there, you know, the first couple of days of training camp, we went into like four four out and 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 four man four man shell, five five man weave, all those things. Those are things mm-hmm. that we have been doing in, in Drexel. Like Coach Harrion, right. we did those things every day in practice, and in my case, for four years. I went to school for four right. years, so that's basically 400 practices in a pro-style offense. It's like, you know, we right, set right. cross screens like we played in Utah, John Stockton and Malone, and then we, right, you know, right. we moved the ball, we shot threes, we ran up and down, we, you know, we hit each other, we were physical, and we knew how to play, you know, like Coach Harrion puts you through one-on-one, full court, you know, yeah. you got a defensive slide drill. You know, you you've been through it, Kev. It's like yeah, you know, yeah, that's a hard drill. So I've been <laughs> that's doing a hard drill. Yeah. So long story short, it's like all those things that Coach Harrion had taught me at, at Drexel really helped me stand out in the pros because, you know, getting drafted in the second round, you're going up against, you know, Glenn Rice, Anthony Mason, Vladdy Divox, all these guys <laughs> and you know, I'm the little dude from Drexel or whatever. <laughs> it was my fundam- fundamentals and, you know, my training that kinda helped me not get embarrassed and help me stick around long enough to make the team. So always forever thankful to Coach Harrion for what he taught. Absolutely. And I just want to throw out, man, the only reason why I went to University of Delaware because I just wanted to get out of Philly. Other than that, we'd have been teammates, man. <laughs> oh, man. It was twice. So you always had a chance to go to Drexel, too? Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, man. man. We could have used the three-point shot. I know, man. man. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm serious, man. We'd have been, we, we, was, we, was back, we was like 45 minutes from being teammates, man. So I know. Yeah. How about that, man? That's crazy. I know, man. But, you know, I remember, you know, the times when uh, Liberty University, because I ended up transferring to Liberty University where I finished mm-hmm. up, played against mm-hmm. you guys down in Tennessee, and we lost thanks to Malik in the group. In the group. <laughs> But it was a dream come true for my dad because he drove all the way from Philly to Tennessee because he wanted wow. to see me my senior year play against a Philadelphia team, man. And that was a memory that stuck out to me. And I remember you went down the lane and dunked on all of us, for real. Wow. And, um, because we couldn't do nothing with him. We tried. You know what I mean? That's but um, after the game was over, I remember going back and eating, you know, eating the post-game meal with you guys and hanging out with Dre Daniels and the guys, man. It was just yeah. memories that I hold on forever, man. And um, they, those That's were some crazy. Days. I, I just couldn't come back to Philly with no bragging rights. I couldn't say we beat y'all. <laughs> wow. But nah, it was it's crazy. all good, man. You're still yeah. part of the crew, though, man. It's funny. I was yeah, actually man. talking to Dre about a week ago. We still tight, man. Me and Dre okay. talk all the okay. time, man. Uh-huh. You, do you get a chance to talk to Mike Anderson? 
Yeah, Mike's doing well. He lives in, um, I think, like South Jersey. His kid is pretty good. His kid just, uh, he's either a senior or he just graduated from, um, what's that uh, private school over there in um, Newtown Square? It's like down the street okay. from Archbishop Carroll. It's one of them, okay. like some big-time big private schools. I can't remember, but um, okay. I only remember because I know he drives over from South Jersey all the way over to drop his kid off every day. Um, okay. The last time I talked to him. But him, Dre, um, Jeremy, big Jeremy, the light skinned cat, um, went out yeah, to California. Yeah, like we're all, we all keep in contact, man. It's been That's 20 great. years, but we still tight. That's great, man. That's good. That's that great. bond is good. Yeah. yeah. And Mike Anderson, man, he was definitely, you know, a mentor man. of mine under his wing. And he used to beat me one-on-one every day. And maybe I didn't start <laughs> winning games about my senior going into my senior year. You know what I mean? Wow. But he really man. took me under his wing, man. And I really, really appreciated that. And uh, and I appreciate you, man, because I remember the times we were down Drexel working out. And one thing I, I love about Malik, man, is that he gonna get you, he, he's not going to take a playoff. He's, he's not going to out. You're never going to outwork him. And if he's going to get his 15 and 20 rebounds, he's not going to let nobody else be around him lagging. So I'm up here. I don't know what was on my mind that day. I wasn't playing <laughs> to my full potential. And Malik, just the quiet storm that he is, he said, Kev, you BSing. Now, he didn't say it as nice as that, but he said, Kev, you You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I looked at him, and I said, you know what? You're right. Let me step it up. You know what I'm saying? And no. that's the type of impact. Wait a minute, though. You know? what, what was going on with you? I wasn't rebounding. I wasn't playing no defense. You know what I'm saying? That's not like But you. Hold on, but, 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 but oh, Nick, that's like. Malik got me back on, on got track. You back got me back a while. But thank you, Malik. One thing I know about that, like, that's like one of our, our summertime runs. So you know it's hot in the summer. And Drexel, yeah. like, I, I was used to it because I played there for so many years, but that's the hottest gym on the planet, man. There's yeah, no such thing as air conditioning in there. And I'm sure it was probably one of them days where it's just hot. You don't feel like yeah. doing it or whatever. So that's probably what had him wow. down. But no I air. remember no that gym air. is hot. It, yeah, it's hot. Well, <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't find a bunch of corpses with basketballs. <laughs> for real. Oh, look, you felt like passing out. My goodness, no air. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I can't practice the day coach. Yeah. Y'all got to get some air conditioners up ahead. But, but you know what? Work. That's why you guys are one of the best conditioned teams, too. Yeah, yeah. We, I don't know, man. We, we did like to get up and down, but I just remember, man, it was uh, like no air conditioning in there. They had these fans that all it did was just make you angry because it just blew hot air around. Man. Hot you know, air. They probably do <laughs> that just turning them off. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. That's about yeah. to have a heat stroke trying to make a basket. It, it was like it was like the Boston yeah. Garden. It was. Wow. It literally was. And even with the doors yeah. open. It's so yeah, wow. hottest gym on the planet, man. Yeah, man. So yeah, man. You uh, you know, you you you're on the San Antonio Spurs team, a star-studded team, and I mean, it's just a well-known fact that you were they 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 kind of titled you the most beloved player on that team, and I know the answer, but like what made you carve out your niche in that fashion was, you know, you, you playing with Tim Duncan, Mano Ginobili, Tony Parker, um, the Admiral. Right. And you were one, they deemed you the most beloved. And Tim Duncan loved you, man. He used to call you leaky. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. No, it's funny. Um, like <laughs> just, I think, yeah, that's, that's, you know, we, we can't put that on there. We're going to have to edit that out. But anyway, <laughs> um, no, I think that was, uh, <laughs> That was um, more of like, you know, like God has a, like, God doesn't make mistakes, put it like that. I know he doesn't make mistakes. But with me, one thing, like, like Kev told you, I may not have, you know, always been the most skilled dude. I didn't jump the highest, run the fastest, or shoot the best. But, you know, I, I, I just played 
all the time. Like I love to play. I played hard and I love to compete. So, you know, as God would have it, I got put in like Coach Harrion was a, a coach that those skills would resonate with. Even my rookie year in Charlotte, Dave Cowens, you know, Kev, you know him as one of the, you know, the NBA greats. He was a blue-collar worker, worked hard and, you know, did things the way I did things. So I think that's why I did things the way he did things. So I think that's why I stood out to him. But then when I get to San Antonio, everybody knows, you know, Coach Popovich now. And, you know, there's a, like a running joke around everybody who played in San Antonio or worked in San Antonio over the last two decades. There's the, the long-haired Coach Popovich, and then there's the short-haired Coach sure Popovich. <laughs> the long-haired Coach Popovich is, the, you know, the, the, re, the, re, the refined one. He's the, the one with the five championships. He's like the sage, the all-knowing. He's calm, calm Coach Popovich. Short-haired mm-hmm. military Coach Popovich is totally different, man. It's like mm-hmm. he hadn't won the championships yet. You know, he hadn't had the success he's had. So he was pressing a lot more. He was very, very much like in your face and, you know, like a hard-nosed type of coach. So that's, you know, who I had to earn my stripes with. And just me being the way I was, to answer your question, is like I don't know what it was about me in San Antonio that endeared me to the city. Like I think San Antonio is like Philly in a lot of ways in that it's a blue-collar town and the fans there kind of respect and love uh, people that – that work hard and, and play hard. And, you know, that's, that was just me. So a few times I would get out there on the floor. So, you know, I'm playing behind Tim Duncan and David Robinson. So there's maybe about 28 seconds a game I get to play because you're going to play the Twin Towers all the time. So yeah, yeah. whenever I would get out there, man, I just, just wanted to go as hard as I could and play as hard as I could because I was always trying to make the team. Like my first four contracts were non-guaranteed. So, I, I could never really have, like, a, a bad sequence or whatever, or, you know, a bad stretch, like maybe a few weeks because they could cut me and not have, you know, any, not lose anything. So I always wanted to play hard, always, um, you know, left everything I had out there on the court. And I think that just resonated with the San Antonio community. And then, uh, you know, I started to interact with the community a little bit more, making appearances at hospitals or at schools and playing, you know, Santa or whatever, different places. And, they kind of just took to me and, you know, so much so that I still, you know, have a foothold there. My family moved out there in 2001. They moved there from Philly and they're still there. They're Texans okay. now. So it's like that place is like a second home to me. And it, it all started with just those first couple of years in San Antonio, finding a way to get out there on the court with just playing hard. Well, I, I can tell you, man. And like I said, I, I followed your career, Rashi, Aaron, uh, so proudly, all y'all guys, Alvin Williams, yeah. all the Philly pros, yeah. because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I played overseas. I was in Sixers camp back in New York, I don't want to tell my age. <laughs> well, I played against Kobe, but y'all showed that it could be done, man. Y'all be odd, where it's almost mm-hmm. slim to none, uh, none chance to make it to the mm-hmm. NBA. Y'all did it. And, uh, man, it's just been very, very encouraging, inspirational. I still have, like, all y'all guys basketball cards on my dresser to this day. Wow. All y'all. Katino wow. Mobley, yours. Rashi Wiles, Aaron McKee. All y'all just so proud, man, to, to be able to call y'all my friends, people I played against, have memories mm-hmm. with. And uh, mm-hmm. like I said, I can see how the San Antonio, uh, you know, uh, community could be in there. You're a likable guy. You're an upstanding guy. You know, you come from a great family. And you are the essence of blue collar. You work hard. You work hard. When you step in the game, it's going, you know you're going to get hard work from the league. 
and you're going to yeah, get instant thanks, awesome, man. too. So, yeah, man. <laughs> thanks, Kev. Yeah, definitely, man. You know, I played a little, a little basketball. Oh, yeah. I did. You did? Yeah, listen, I played for Frank Palumbo in South Philadelphia. Oh, so, okay. You played for oh, yeah. yeah. Wait a minute. He knows it, don't you? Yeah, don't for you sure know I know, Coach, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he, he's trying to help you out. That's what that's <laughs> he's trying to help you out. So, listen, I played for Frank Colombo in South Philadelphia, the elementary school, and and I played for Bach. Okay. How come she was going to say somebody tough like this? You play? Were, you, were you a point guard or something? Forward. Okay. Now, Malik, uh-huh. that, that, now listen to this. She's saying that she's a forward Wait, no. and she's only three for three. <laughs> that must have been an elementary forward or something. Okay, okay, my bad. So I, had to, I had the position where I was directly underneath the court. So you were playing center at three at five. Because two. I was good with making the baskets from the side of the court. So okay. I, they All had right. me there. All right, we'll let that go. Okay. So I played a little bit in my. <laughs> you played a little something. <laughs> Hey, it all Why are you going to clown me? You and him. You and Malik are clowning no, me. No, we no, 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 don't. No, I think you got skills. It's hard to play under. I was an undersized guy, so I know how hard it is to play against the bigger people. That's you were right, three foot right, two, right, and you right. play well, against no, the no, six Nick, foot girls. You're doing your thing. Yeah, you're, uh, you're talking to the right person okay. because, you know, like like what he just said, He was, you know, he was, con- I'm going to say considered undersized. But let me tell you something. Well, I remember he was down Drexel, and I asked Malik, I said, who was one of the toughest players you ever had to guard? He said Shaquille Neal. But quiet as kept, yeah. rumor has it, he hated playing against you because he had a hard time backing you down. Because your, your, base, and your, your base was so strong and your center of gravity was so low, yeah. by you being what they would, would consider undersized, he couldn't get position on you. Now, that's right. what, that was the rumor I heard, man. He, he hated playing against you. And that's, that's, that's respect. That is respect. That's respect. I'm a Hall of Famer. Yes, that's a and lot of respect. We actually, we actually talked about that, too. Um, you know, when I was doing the television with the Sixers, I did a couple of spots with uh, NBA TV, and, you know, Shaq's down there. And, uh, uh, you know, we, like, we would do the shows, and um, we were all sitting in the green room. I was never on a show with, you know, Shaq and Kenny and them, but when, when they okay. go off break and the game is going on, we, go, we all go in the green room, and there's food, and we watch the games and all that stuff. So, we started talking about that, and um, you know, it was we were laughing about it because he he did say that he was like, I hated this because you would always you know run. I, I always had to run and waste energy chasing you. And then when Tim and Dave yeah. came back in, it was different. So it was funny because you know I'm looking at this guy. I mean, this is Shaq. This is you know right, right. one of the 51 greatest of all time or whatever. It's like you know this 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 is the dude. So um, yeah. Yeah. you know, one of the things I used to always say is like with Shaq, it was just physics or gravity or, or whatever, man. Like, I knew if I tried to hit him up top, he'd probably push me into the first row or whatever. You know, it's like I had to get low because wow. that was my only chance. So I got low, stayed close to him so I wouldn't get hit with too many elbows, and, <laughs> and it worked wow. out somehow, yeah, man. Yeah. That's how that all happened. Yeah, yeah, but man, that's, wow. that's respect, man. That's respect. Yeah. <laughs> now, I want to talk about food because you own a restaurant. Yeah, and I um. Oh, go ahead. The Philly, Philly, got Philly okay. cheesesteaks over there in San Antonio. In San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> well, that started out like you know San Antonio. It all it all started out because um, as you all know, like water ice in Philadelphia, it, it'd be popping in um you know the summertime, like three four months yeah. out the year, you know it it does enough business to last for the whole year. So. 
San Antonio is, is hot, like nine, ten months out the year. Like we have some of the best winters and, you know, the hottest summers or whatever. So my idea was starting that was to bring the, the water ice to San Antonio because it's so hot throughout the year. Uh, from there, it kind of morphed into all things Philly. You know, we kind of had soft pretzels and tasty cakes, and, you know, we got to the cheesesteak or whatever. So that was a, it was a, a gift and a curse because when I was playing with the Spurs, it was great. Like the first store, we, had, we had ended up having a total of three of them. The first one was awesome. Like we, we made a ton of money. Like not like, you know, millions or anything, but for a restaurant, like in its first couple of years, like – you know, in the restaurant business, you're supposed to lose year, lose money the first two, three years. We were kind of making money after, like, the first four or five months. So it was really wow. going well. And then um, I got traded. So after I got traded from San Antonio to the Knicks, that's when things kind of got hard. So, yeah, we had two stores at the time. And, you know, with any cash business or predominantly cash business, it's, you got to have people there. Like, you got to be there most of the time. So, you know, I couldn't be there every day like I was when I was playing with the Spurs. So, you know, things started to grow legs and walk out the back door, kind of like, the, you know, the quality went down and stuff. So, long story short, I, you know, I finished up. I, I kept it going for a while, but then I, I kind of got out of that. And okay. I gave kind of we went to a different uh, direction. My cousin now, he has mm-hmm. uh, food trucks. He has a food truck park and three mobile food trucks where okay. he has the Philadelphia cheesesteak concept. So he kind of lucked okay. up because I gave him all the equipment, all the grills, the fryers, oh, the vinegar, wow. everything. And he um, started his business. So he's doing really, really well still selling the Philly's famous cheesesteaks down in San Antonio. But me personally, I've been out of it for a few years now. I got you. Okay. But look, I appreciate you bringing official, real Philly cheesesteak to San Antonio because <laughs> I'm tired of going to these rest stops and going to the rest stop in Ohio, and they got oh. Philly cheesesteaks up there, and they're not the real not the Philly cheesesteak. You know what I mean? Nah, you pick it apart. The sandwich like, what is yeah, this? The sandwich got to be falling apart. Got to oh have my grease. God. You know what I'm saying? Got to have the grease. Got to have the grease, man. And the onions. <laughs> and the onions, yeah. They got to have that. They don't even have they, what they got, onions. <laughs> onions, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's great yeah. stuff, man. Okay. Nah, I enjoyed it. It was a good time and uh, learned a lot from it, but um, just on the different things now. But I am glad my little cousin is uh, doing really well there. He's married that's now, crazy. got kids, and that's like the, the basis of his business, his food truck. So I'm really happy with him there. That's great. That's, that's, that's awesome. Great. That's great. And you have, um, you, you're, you're a family man, and, and you have your wife and your children. How mm-hmm. would you say faith has played a part in your career? Mm-hmm. Oh man, faith—that's that's everything, dude. Like, um, I was lucky, you know, raised uh, by my mom and my grandma. Like, they their their whole existence was faith, man. Like, they yeah. they taught it to me early, at an early age, and it kind of instilled it in me, my brothers, my sisters, my cousins, everybody. Like, our entire family has that faith background. And you know, as I look, I'm 43 now, married, and have two kids. And when I look back, you know, at my life, it's like, you know how the hell did I do all this? Like, how did I get this done? How the hell did I get out of that situation? Or how did I make it through this time? And it all goes back to that. Like, you know, it was, it wasn't me, it was God. And that's what I truly believe that is my faith. And I I, I lean on it today. You know, you know, every night I I pray every, you know, time I I sit and talk to God, it's like, you know, I'm looking for answers. I'm looking for things that, you know, solutions to things that confuse me or things that, 
I normally would get worried about. And, again, just what you said, the faith, man, is what keeps not only me. I know Kev's a man of God. He's been a man of God before I even found the Lord. So um, I know, you know, you guys working together, you have to be. So it's the same thing that that drives you guys and sustains you guys. It's like just knowing. And, um, you know, quick story with faith, um, you know, really quick. So I lost my mom about two years ago, and I promise you guys, man, like, you know, my mom, as in most families, she's the head of the family, the matriarch, all that stuff, and we all go to her to get answers and get confidence and strength and, you know, just to, to make it or whatever. So I have a big family. I have uh, four brothers and one sister, and when my mom passed, you know, one of the big things that came was, like, still bothering me now is, like, you know, how do I do what she did? How do I keep the family together? How do I yada, 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 all that stuff? And I swear to you, the, the day she died, I was in Toronto, um, mm-hmm. in Toronto, had to fly back with the team. And when I landed in Atlanta, I was going the next morning to San Antonio. Um, so I land in, in Atlanta, and the whole day I'm like, you know, how do I do this, God? I'm, you know, crying. I'm a wreck. I'm like, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to keep my sister straight? How am I going to keep my brother straight? Okay. Um, the song I used to listen to when my mom was alive, you know, it's like one of these B-rated artist or whatever, you know, you never really hear it ever on the radio. So a group called right. Men at Large. So um, long story short, I land, I get in my car, I'm starting to drive home, turn the radio on, and the first song that came right. on was the song I listened to, you know, that makes me think about my mom. Okay, wow. I had to pull wow. over. I pulled yeah, over, you know, I broke or whatever. But after that, I felt so much better. I felt like yeah. it's going to be okay. It's like somehow, yeah. somewhere, it's going to be all right. Just because that song came on yeah. right from the beginning, the minute I turned the radio on after struggling that day. So yeah. that's yeah. a long-winded way of just saying, you know, faith is everything, and that kind of just confirmed that, you know, my faith is going to get me through this. Yeah. yeah. Well, definitely, man, um, our heartfelt condolences, yeah. man, um, yeah. oh, you know, to you, man. And, um, you know, when things like that happen, you know, it's kind of hard not to think that it's divine. Like, that was meant to happen at that time. It was like... That was, I want to say, God meeting you where you were at that yep. specific time at your greatest point of need. And then, like yep. you said, afterwards, it was the peace of knowing that, you know what, it's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. And, and, yep. and it's, it's instances like that in the earth that you have to stop and say, there's got to be somebody up there, man. Yeah. It's yeah. got to be somebody yeah. up there that's looking out for us, yeah. that's covering us, yeah. protecting us, absolutely. and providing for us, absolutely. and getting us in, in and out of situations. Yeah. It's got to be, man. You know? You, you yeah, absolutely. Cannot, you, not uh, mm-hmm. do anything without faith. I'm That's sorry, right. you can't. You can't. Mm-hmm. People are trying. You're not succeeding. That's right. You can't. And you know, and to that point, man, I remember like after we were finished working out down at Drexel, and we were just, you know, finished for the day, just sitting on the side. There were many times that we got into the question, of the the conversation about faith. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just sitting on the sideline, just yeah. chilling. We were done for the day. And just talking bald, and it turned into mm-hmm. this conversation. Mm-hmm. And then, hey, man, look, if I place my faith in, you know, Jesus, that's yeah, what yeah, faith yeah, is, you know what I mean? Yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. And we wasn't trying to judge nobody or force religion on nobody. Right. It was just, mm-hmm. but we were just talking about faith, man. Yeah. And so, yeah. I, you know, like, nuggets like that that I remember. You right, know what I mean? Right, yeah. right. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I remember it. But, yeah, man. And then um, we got to we gotta, we gotta end on the parade. Two championships. <laughs> now, yeah. Yes. And it's it's been this I mean, I'ma tell you, man, you were plastered holding that trophy up. Yeah. I mean, all over the place, hat on backwards and all that stuff. <laughs> tell us what that was like, man. Yes, how did that feel? Yeah. 
Man, it, it was it was amazing, dude. Like the first time we won it in '99, that was like my uh, that was my third year in the league. And, uh, you know, I was like, you know, maybe like 10, 15 minutes a game if I was lucky. I had like, you know, a smaller role. I played, but, you know, it wasn't a, a huge role. But in 03, mm-hmm. you know, I, had a, I was more, um, I was older and I had more of a role. I was more of a leader on the team. And, you know, like that was like a better year for me. But okay. what really did it for me was that that was the 99 uh, trophy, like 99 championship trophy. And Okay. They, they they asked me to carry it. It's like, you know, being in the Army and being asked to carry the flag, man. It was like a huge honor for me, man. So when they, they asked me to carry it, I was like, heck yeah, I'll carry that, man. So the whole I'm day, okay. I'd like, I'll you know, carry it. I'll carry it. Yeah, I'll carry it. You ain't even like, <laughs> asked me to carry it. <laughs> I know, right? So I just yeah. stood up on the boat and, you know, it was like a quarter million people out there on the river walk. So it's like, think of. The Riverwalk is about as wide as maybe South Street, maybe a little bit wider okay. than South Street. So figure everybody from Delaware Ave, maybe a little bit past Broad Street, maybe to about 20th Street on South Street, just like quarter million people just littering mm-hmm. up and down the sides of the streets and people, you know, throwing stuff, like good stuff, like, you know, throwing beads and throwing flowers and, you know, <laughs> yelling and screaming and cheering and it was just like a huge celebration, man. And you know, every time I would raise the trophy, people would go crazy. You know, it was like uh-huh. it was it was funny, man. It's just I had a great time, and that moment it was just like you know I tell people like when you win the championship and you guys play ball, so you know it's like all those days that that it, that tells you like what it was for. Like all those days, you're in like the hottest gym, you're in Drexel. You know, it's 110 degrees. You got to work out, and you know you don't feel like working out, you don't feel like going through it, but when you do it and then then you realize like, you know, you win you win the championship, you realize what it was for and why you right, right. why you did all that stuff and it's it's just like a, a validation sort of it's like a, a good, good feeling. Yeah, the, all the suffering that you've gone through and your injuries and workouts. Yeah, the injuries. Oh my God, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah man, I know. Wow. I'm going to tell you, man, um, even when you were um, commentating with the Sixers, man, uh, with you and the legendary Mark Zuma, I really Mm -hmm. enjoyed your analysis. And, um, you know, it's just – sometimes you said things that were kind of funny, too, because I remember Evan Turner uh, (laughs) threw a a full-court bounce pass, and, you know, and uh, I think Mark Zuma said something. That was a la Magic Johnson. You was like – no, they stole the ball. It was tragic, guys. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just cracking up in my living room, man. But it was so much fun just to, to listen to uh, listen to you guys. And I remember I went to the Milwaukee Bucks game and um, went around to the booth where you guys were. You and Mark West took the picture or whatever. You yeah, yeah. Man. So it was just great, man. And then now you're down at ATL, you know. Uh, director, director, or the director, yeah, or basketball yeah, director of basketball operations, man. And so, um, you know, just tell us a little bit about you know what that entails and what you do, and then we we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, you know, Coach Mike Budenholzer is the head coach here. Um, in 2015, he was president and head coach, and he was the assistant coach in San Antonio when I played there. So, mm-hmm. as you know, you guys know, most of the times, you know, most of the ways you get jobs are just people, you know, who know you and who trust you. So he remembered me from our time in San Antonio. We kind of, you know, we kept in contact over the years. And then when he got promoted to president, he, uh, of basketball operations, 
the job you guys spoke into existence for me. <laughs> he got promoted <laughs> we, to that. We don't keep speaking of that. We don't keep speaking that. Right. He, he call, gave me a call, and he was like, you know, he knew I wanted to be on the front office. Um, so he was like, you still want to do it? I said, yes. You know, we flew down, hammered it out, and I got the job. So um, the job is great. It's kind of what I've been planning for since I was playing. You know, towards the end okay. of my career, you start planning for life after basketball. So, you know, went to school, started to learn about sport management, and, you know, when I did the commentating job in Philly, that job mm-hmm. actually did did it to stay insight in mind so people, you know, could all – because, you yeah. know, you don't, they don't see you, they just forget about you. So I wanted to stay right. insight in mind. I had a platform because I had a microphone and could talk about the game and people could hear what I was talking about and all that other stuff. So um, after that, luck had it. I went into to basketball ops where I am now, and the job is great, man, because I get to do everything um, I wanted to. It's all tailing around building a team. So we scout college. We scout uh, pros. Uh, we do pro personnel. We do college personnel. We do G League personnel, which is minor league. We do international okay. So basically, you know, we try to know where every player, honestly, like on the planet is. Like in every okay. in the top leagues in Europe, top leagues okay. in, the, in, in the NBA and the States, we know where they are. We know what they can do. We got to know their handlers, their family situation, because more than the, the player, like you got to get the player right, of course. You got to find out who can play and who can't. But what's mm-hmm. becoming more and more important each day is getting the person right. Like, you don't want right, to right, marry, right. marry a player to the tune of $10, 20000000 million over a couple of years, and he turns out to be a jerk. You know, he's right, getting right, drunk right. in bars, and he's, you know, beating his wife at home, or he's just a bad right, dude. Right. You don't want to have that associated with your family. So we spend right, a lot, right. I mean, with your team. So we spend a lot of time and energy researching people more so than just players. And that's right. a big part of my job. And then – you always have the um, the salary cap aspects of it, you know, the, the strategic planning as far as finances go with the salary mm-hmm. cap, managing the salary cap. Then you also have, um, you know, free agency in the draft. Like you've got to put, put players together that are going to match and kind of work best. So all those things are great that, you know, we get to do on a daily basis. And unfortunately, you know, you'll have a fire to put out every now and then, like somebody will get arrested for speeding or, you know, somebody won't have a license or, you know, things like that. But everything I do is just the day-to-day operation of a team, just managing a team along with the other guys in the front office. We all do it together, and we just try to, you know, put the Hawks in the best position possible to win a championship, and it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Well, listen, man, that yeah, is awesome. Well, they couldn't have picked a better person, man, and you spoke to <laughs> Thanks, man. You spoke to it, man, because it's like, you know, one of my life frustrations that I talk to God about is why the scoundrels getting all the big blessings all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, so, man. Yeah, man. man. So I'm, I'm, I will admit, I'm biased towards the good people in terms of wanting to see you. Not that I want to see anybody else fail, but I'm just, right. I'm just over happy yeah. for the good people getting the blessings, yes, and that's why – I just had so much fun following you, Aaron McKee, uh, Rashid Wallace, Alma Wynn, because y'all good people. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, I appreciate man. that, Kev. You're right, definitely. though. But it's not just, the, the, you know, the, the motion pictures or anything, the acting, you know, the movies, film, movie industry. It's right. sports and it's everywhere, man. And I don't know what yeah. the answer is, yeah. but just like y'all said, man, like our faith is just going to get us through. And, you know, there's a reason they're making it when they do, and we're going to make right, it when we right. do. There's always a reason for it. Right, right, right. right. absolutely. Yep, yep. Yeah. Well, look, man, yeah. we are just uh, – we just want to thank you, thank you, thank you so much, man, yeah, for coming on the show. You. 
It's been a lot of fun, great reconnecting, love. man. Love you and your family, man. Tell them I, I send my love and yeah. uh, continue success, man. I hope and pray that God shower more blessings on you mm-hmm. and your family than he's already showered. Yeah. And uh, keep on pressing, man. Keep going. Yes. Keep pressing. And um, I believe the best is still yet to come yes. for you, man. Yeah. And thank you thank for supporting you, my basketball career. I appreciate that. <laughs> Her short-lived <laughs> basketball career. Tell me something. Thank you, man. Those Tell blessings to you guys, too, man. Those those prayers to you guys, too. And maybe let's do it again, like maybe in the playoffs or something. We'll get a playoff. Okay. Edition. Okay. Oh, man, we love to have yes. you back on. Absolutely. Yeah, just holler you don't, at you me, don't need no My yeah. man, when you just call me, we'll set it up and we'll knock it out, all right? Okay. All right, man. Well, you guys have a great oh, holiday season. You want you to oh. people want to follow you and you know, on social media? Oh, uh, um, yeah. So I think I got about like 600 followers on uh, Instagram. So I think okay. I'm official Malik Rose <laughs> at both of them. So yeah. official Malik Rose on Twitter and official okay. Malik Rose on um on um instagram so yeah if y'all want to follow me i post maybe once every six months or whatever but <laughs> <laughs> i hear you man he said once every six months yeah. Okay. yeah thank you all so much man. Me. all right man yeah enjoy the rest no of your problem. day yep y'all yeah, take care yeah thank you all right y'all yes. heard it y'all heard it from the champions awesome that, that makes yes. me want to start singing that song we are the it's because it's your week to sing, so you can go ahead and sing all you want. All right. Now, next week, we're going we gonna to have problems. We're going to have try. problems. But um, this week, it's, it's your week to sing, so get it out. Okay. We get it out. are the champions. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, and we come back. we're just going to have a quick snippet of the news. Of the news.
and you have to have your Pepsi. Yeah. Now, some people would say mm-hmm. you got to have your Krabs, your beer, or your Cooler. Now, now I'm going to tell you, my, aunt, my you know, listen, my Aunt Jenny could cook some Krabs. Yeah. And I, she would cook it in the beer to give it the flavor. I do. I do. But and, when, uh, you're eating them, yeah. when you're eating them, mm-hmm. my combination is the crabs and the, and the Pepsi. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's my you got to have it. You got to. You got to have your combo to go for sure. You got to have your combo. Yeah, if you don't have your combo together, you're, you're not a foodie. You're not a foodie. I'm sorry. Sure I'm a foodie to my heart. I know how food blend together. Both blend, yeah. You know? yeah. And we do it a special way here in Philly. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. We, we do yeah. it special here in Philly. If your right. food is not blending right, you're not a foodie. Right, right. Call, you know, email us at the Kevin and Nikki show at yahoo.com and um, let us know how you blend your food. Right, because right, right. If it's not a good blend, I'm going to email you back and tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let you know, no, that's not a good blend. Yeah, I got you. I got you. All right, so what we got? Uh, we're going to do some news? News is going to be quick. Okay. Okay. Um, I just want to remind you, mm-hmm. just want to remind you that the deadline for Obamacare is coming up. Mm-hmm. I told you guys two weeks ago that it was um, December 16th, and you know December 16th is right, right around, around the corner. So you better, you better sign up because you know what's going to happen if you do not. You're going to be subjected to that fine. Uh, when you go to file your taxes, there there are certain questions um, that need to be answered yeah. when you're filing. And if those questions are not answered, you will be fined $300 for not, you know, having the insurance. And remember I told you that the government or, you know, those people that I will not name, they do not want you to sign up. Yeah. That's why you have not seen any commercials about Obamacare, healthcare.gov, because they want it to fail. Right. Now, I'm and sorry. Fade. And fade, and fade, fade, fade away. Fade. And see, they're having, the problem is they're having a hard time trying to do away with it. Right. And the reason why they're having a hard time trying to do away with it is because some people are on their grind and signing up like they're supposed to to keep that alive. That's right. I don't know what um, kind of person you are for not wanting everyone to be covered, you know, I don't, I don't understand, like I said before, I do not understand that why you do not want everyone covered. That's right. No one wants to be, you know, the ER bill, if you, you know, when you ride in the, um, the ambulance. Yeah, the emergency, yeah. That thing is $500. It's expensive, yeah, that's a $500. That is a Listen, that's an expensive ride right there. That is a very expensive ride. That's right. You know, and your insurance will cover that. So you need to make sure that you get yourself, your wife, your husband, your children, everybody needs to be covered. Covered. Okay? So there's not no, you know, they have plans out there that is affordable for everyone. Get on that phone and get some insurance because I do not want anyone, um, to be fined $300. Don't be emailing me and telling me, uh, Nikki, I, I missed it. I'm going to pay. I'm like, you know what? Guess what? That's on you because I told you. That's right. This is my second time, and I'm going to keep telling you until you actually sign up. That's right. Sign up. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Yes. Yeah, get that it's coverage. Expensive. It's you know, the, the mm-hmm. kids need their vaccinations. That stuff is expensive. Yeah, they need their shots. Their yeah. shots. Right. You know, they, right. that stuff is expensive, you know, and you, your insurance, We'll cover that. Right, that's right. So you need to, you know, sign up. And, and men, I'm telling you now, I know a lot of you don't like to go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Get that insurance and go to the doctor. Very important. 
Um, you want to make sure you go and get checked out with all your ailments. Ladies, take your man to the doctor. I know he don't want to really go to the doctor, but y'all, y'all make your man go to the doctor. Y'all take the day off, ladies. You love your man. You care about your man. Get him on over to the doctor. Get them checkups. Yeah, you know, you know, show them, show them that you love them. Come on, baby. Let's go to the doctor. Make sure all your stuff working. That's we right. want all the stuff to be working, don't we, ladies? <laughs> all, right, all right, cut it out. All right, cut it out. Um, <laughs> are we gonna take? Are we gonna take a break? No, no, no. <laughs> All right, look, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back. We're going to find out what's bothering Nikki. We found out some of the stuff that's bothering Nikki, but we're going to find out what's bothering Nikki. It's the Kevin and Nikki Show. We are everywhere. Love and happiness. Yeah. Something that can make you do wrong, make you do right. Yeah.
want everything working. All right, all right, all right. All right we <laughs> right, said that. Yeah. We said that earlier. <laughs> right, right. We were trying to cool off out on the break. But, hey, so, ladies, I take your man to the doctor. I got you. <laughs> enough, enough said. All right, listen, it's my favorite time of the show. It's what's bothering Nikki. What's bothering you, Nick? Why you, why you cut me off? <laughs> <laughs> That's what's bothering you. Why you cut me off when I start talking about stuff working? <laughs> all right, here we go. What's bothering me this week is this. How come every time somebody asks you for something, you turn into a financial analyst? Oh, my goodness. Isn't that, ain't that but when you want something, there's no questions asked. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it again. Mm-hmm. How come every time somebody asks you for something, you turn into a financial analyst, mm-hmm. but when you want something, there's no question to ask. Ain't that the truth? Mm-hmm. Kev, have you ever have you ever come across a person like like when you need something, mm-hmm. the person got all the, the person automatically all of a sudden turn turn into Doctor Phil, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Creflo Dollar, uh-huh. a pastor, a mm-hmm. deacon. Mm-hmm. Can't give you what you need, bro. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know they automatically, you know. Want to analyze your finances yeah. to see what you're doing wrong, dude? All I asked you for is five dollars. That's it. Yeah, I didn't need you to tell me that you know my credit card wasn't good and all the. You know why do I have to explain my situation to you? But when you want something, you don't have to explain your situation to nobody. That ain't fair. That's lopsided. But like, like, what is up with that? You either have it or you don't. Mm-hmm. You, are, you can either help or, or you, you can't. Can. Because if a person is coming to you, they're in need, mm-hmm. okay? Because when you think about it, some people, they don't want to ask. Really? You know what I'm saying? Because 
people like you be all up in their business, you know, trying to embarrass them for a while why they're coming to you. Over five hours. You know, if a person is asking you for five dollars, they need five dollars. Mm-hmm. Give it to them yeah. if you have it. If you don't, just say you don't have it. Don't ask why you need five dollars. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with you? Didn't you go to work yesterday? I thought you got paid on Tuesday. What happened? Why you don't have no money? That's not cool. You don't mm-hmm. do that mm-hmm. because you know that that will prevent the person from coming to you and asking you for anything else because you're not dependable. That's right. And then when they ask you for a ride to the store, you're gonna say. Well, what happened to your car? Did you get a repo? You didn't pay your bill. Why did I, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. It, it goes it right back, back around. around. It comes right back around. You, you, you can't do that because if a person is coming to you, they're in need. That's right. You know, and, and you know, for some people, I don't know if it's like a, um, a pride thing, but some people, they don't want to ask anybody mm-hmm. for anything. They'd rather go without. Right. And you then know? when they take that one chance to ask you, they don't need you to be the psychoanalytical Dr. Phil they, they of their finances they and did they, they pay their bills and why they need the $5 and yada, 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 yada. And, and let me take it a step further. Mm-hmm. Then if you do have it, when you give it to them, it has a, a, a time stamp on the return. I got you. Oh, man. Make you know it. Well, when you going to give it back? That's okay. Right. Let me check my finances and see if I can give it back on Tuesday. Okay. Tuesday, 12 midnight, you call it. That's right, right, right. You left all kinds of messages and text messages and stuff about the, the money that, that you done let them borrow. And it's the same guy that will borrow your broom, and you got to borrow it back because he won't give it back to you in time? There you, you know go. Come on now. There you go. That's not right, people. That's not right. If that's you, stop it. Yeah. Stop it. You got a problem. If someone is coming to you asking you for some help and you know that that person really don't want to come to you and ask them for help, if you can't do it, don't do it. Right. But if you can, just open your hand, give it to them, and say this. Repeat after me. When you get it, give it back. Take your time. Right. How about that? Yeah. How about that? Or give it to them and ask for nothing in return. Because there if you, you get something from your heart, and you're doing it to help out or to bless somebody, mm-hmm. you don't, you're not looking for it to come back. Yeah, because you, you know them ones. Yeah. You know them ones who take advantage, and you know the ones who don't. Right, that's The right. ones who do not take advantage, those are the ones, you know, who are handling their business, but they just fall off right, for right. a minute. You know, something happened. Maybe they lost their job. Unemployment is not working for them, and, right. and, and they're financially strapped a little bit. So when they come to you, they don't want to hear, what happened? What did you do? You're not budgeting properly. Right, right. They don't want to hear that. That's right. They have a need. If you can do it, fix it. Right. And if you can't, just, you know, I, I can't do it right now, but however, give me a few days. Right, that's right. Because they, they out there trying. You know what I'm saying? Now, for the ones who are just ignorant. 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 I can understand. We understand. You know, you, you lend them something something and, and they take like five years to give it back? Yeah. yeah. You know, if it yeah. takes five years of eternity, just keep that. Right, I'm, yeah. You know, just keep that. And, and them the ones you just do it at that one time and you learn from that experience and don't do it again? Yeah. But we talking about people that's in really dire need. Yes. They fell on hard times. Help, help them. 
couple brothers. Yeah, don't turn into Dr. Phil trying to figure out what's going on, evaluating them. Yeah. Don't turn into a financial analyst. You want to analyze their finances. Now, all of a sudden, you work at the bank. You're an accountant all of a sudden. Right, you right, can't right, even right, fix right. your own bills, but now you want to be an accountant for somebody else. Right, right. Don't do that. That's not cool. Right. That's not cool at all. You know, like I said before, if you can help, if the father puts you in a position to help, help. Right. And if you can't, just say you can't. Right. And remember the church folks used to say, but for the grace of God, there goes I, because you could definitely be in that situation yes. next week. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Well, you know, so, and yeah. be calling that same person that you analyze. Let me tell you something. You do that to me. This is what I'm going to say to you. You may want to check your account, uh-huh. your finances. What happened? How, budget did you right? budget right? <laughs> well, wait a minute. Maybe if you didn't buy them Timberlands, you would have it. Uh-huh. Yeah, got to come a full circle. Come on now. Stuff yeah, we comes all around. Have to leave at some time, some point in time in our lives. Stuff comes right back around. Mm-hmm. So what you want to do is, you know, be a little kinder. Sharing is caring. That's what I always say. That's right. And, um, you know, that's it. That's it. That's it. But getting back to what I was talking about earlier. Oh, no, no. <laughs> no we're going to keep it moving. We're going to keep it moving. Tell the Mickey Show on oh, our radio. Yes. The blackness.
All right, all right, and we are back. It's the Kevin and Nikki show on iHeartRadio. And we everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's time for my favorite part of the show. Listen, this is the humble moment of our show. It's time for Kevin's Corner, and you know Kevin's Corner teaches us how to get it right. We ain't riding right like some people who be turning into financial analysts, you know, when somebody needs something from them, but get everything they need from somebody else when they're in need. Come on, Kevin. All right, it's time for Kevin's Corner, that moment where we want to just encourage you. We want to inspire you to rise higher, to higher heights, and go to deeper depths, to dream big, love on people, and be a better person and make the world better. Yes. So I read an article by Derek Kelly, and the title was, Don't Lie with the Buzzards, Soar with the Eagles. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Okay. I saw a post that said that you can't hang around negative people and expect a positive life. Oh, say it. I'm going to say it again like say Nikki it. did on What's Bothering Nikki. You can't hang around negative people and live a positive life. You cannot. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. All right, so what kind of people would you say you spend the most time around, eagles or buzzards? People often tend to have the characteristics of either an eagle or a buzzard, okay? So eagles function at a high altitude. They're able to fly at heights comparable to 10,000 feet and as fast as 35 miles per hour. Their strength and incredible wingspan allows them to soar well above other birds. They are also able to land swiftly to the ground, and with a descending glide anywhere from 50 to 75 miles per hour. Buzzards, however, or negative people, however, are scavengers. They fly low to the ground looking for dirt and filth. Mm-hmm. They have their heads down searching for mess. Yes. How mess. does this relate to people in our lives? Well, I'm glad you asked. The people who are like <laughs> eagles function at a high altitude. They always have a positive attitude and look for the best in people. Mm-hmm. They set their goals and objectives high and aim for finer things in life. People who are like buzzers fly low to the ground with negative attitudes. Mm-hmm. They spend their time searching for gossip mm-hmm. and heresy. They pay more attention to the mistakes of people than the value of people. Yeah. So don't die. Don't lie with the buzzers and waste your time finding uh, uh, waste your time uh, finding fault. Soar with the eagles and understand that everybody is somebody. Mm-hmm. So eagles. They never eat dead meat killed by another. You know the buzzers do. They're looking for dead stuff. Mm-hmm. But all I want to do is say is I urge each of you uh, just to be an eagle. Become an eagle. Begin to spread your wings and fly into new heights. Don't allow the buzzers of life to keep you on the ground chasing after dead possibilities. Mm-hmm. Set your goals and dreams high. Shoot for the stars. Somebody said grab a planet. If you miss, you might grab a star. Mm. But for anything, it's possible to them who believe and work hard at it. Elevate your thinking and expand your perimeter of influence. The sky is the limit to what you can have and who you can be. And we saw, we heard about that today with Malik. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to fly alone. So while you may be alone, you are never lonely. Don't lie with the buzzards. So with the eagles. So with the eagles, man. Come on, man. That's it, man. We eagles, we surround them. Fly like an eagle. Into the future. future. <laughs> that's right, man. Yeah, that's it. Yes. We eagles fly around. Like fly like an eagle. And, and, you know, that's very important because people, we, as you know, 
we tend to hang around the wrong people yeah. because what is it? What is that lack of um, lack of friends right, and all right, that right. kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, we need more friends. Yeah. So we tend to, you know, we don't want to let go right, of right, those right, right. toxic people toxic again. Toxic people, you got to let them go. And we were talking about right. earlier, gotta we, go. you got to let them go because they're buzzards. Right. And, and you, you know how it is when you're sitting outside and the buzzer keeps buzzing around you, you want to shoo them away. Yeah. That's what you have to do. Yep. You have you to let them go. away. Because they, they fly low. Remember that, remember that buzzing on Buzz Bunny? Baru, 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 yes. baru. Yeah. You know, you don't need people like that. That's my song, though. That, that, that was my song, too. <laughs> eagles, another characteristic of eagles, they fly above the storm. Yes, they do. That means you can make it through in and over anything if you're an eagle. Yes, you can. But you're not going to make it as an eagle if you're around buzzers. Be around people that's dreaming, going to push you to your dreams. People that's going to tell you you can do it. People that tell you that you are beautiful. People that's going to tell you that you are handsome. People that's going to tell you that you are gifted, talented. You can do it. Get out there, man. I'm with you. And they out there doing the same thing because the bottom line is you can't give to somebody else what you don't have. That's a right. dreamer can't give a dream to somebody else if he don't have a dream himself. There you go. That's it. Quick with this, flip with this. All right. Yeah. Yes. Let's put it out there. So, yeah, man, this is the Kevin and Nikki show on iHeartRadio. And we just want to say that we love our listeners. Thank you all guys for tuning in. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, I am actor Kevin D. Benton. And you can catch me at, at Kevin D. Benton on Facebook and Twitter. Yep, and I am actress Nikki Warren, and you can catch me on Facebook, Nikki Warren, on Twitter, at Nikki Warren, and on Instagram, hello, I'm Nikki, that's H-E-L-L-O-I-M-N-I-K-E-E. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns regarding our show, I love singing, (laughs) you can hit us up on our Facebook page, The Kevin and Nikki Show. That's right. You can also... And join the group. Yes, and join the group. Yes, yes. we listen. We, we are back with you. <laughs> we are talking back and forth in our group daily. That's right. So your comments will not go unnoticed. Believe me, they and will they, not. And they matter to us. Yes, they do. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns for Malik Rose, anything you want to talk about regarding Kevin's corner, what's bothering Nikki, send us an email yeah. at the Kevin and Nikki Show at Yahoo dot com. Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> we had to get that. Yes, that <laughs> we had to do that. So send us and 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 follow us on Twitter. On Twitter at Kevin Nikki Show. We are everywhere, we you guys. Everywhere. We are everywhere. So listen, we have a lot of search engines. You know, for you guys to hit us up on, you will not be missed. That's right. Thank you so much for your support. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. The Kevin and Nikki you Show said. on iHeartRadio. We, we are here.